Hi, Yesuits. We love nothing more than bringing you fresh new content each week. But before we can get back into the recording studio, we need you to have our back financially. Please consider becoming a monthly sponsor of the show through our, our new, new Patreon. Patreon. That's right. <laughs> our new Patreon support starts at just $5 a month. Or if you're feeling generous, you can be a sugar mama or sugar daddy. That's right. Just click on the support the pod link on our website, yashjesuspod.com. Hello, kings and queens and in-betweens, sinners, saints, and I don't know if I is or I ain't. Welcome to another sexy episode of Yash Jesus. I am your zesty Daniel Franzese, and as always, I'm here with my sexy bestie. <laughs> I will sex you, Azariah Southworth. <laughs> Black! Um, don't worry, because here at Yash Jesus, we believe... You may be too sexy for your church, but you are never too sexy for God. That's right. You could feel sexy anywhere, even in church. I mean, I've seen a hot youth group leader in my day, let me tell you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we'll talk more about that right after. Now, all right, let's give you some data because we love a good data queen. You According say data, to... I say data. Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> According to a new report from the University of Chicago and the Williams Institute, most U.S. adults oppose denying medical care, employment, and other services to LGBTQ plus people based on the provider or employer's religious beliefs. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> you don't say that most people have a heart. Let's say that yeah. again, because we've all heard about lately constantly in the news is just businesses denying LGBTQ mm -hmm. customers and state lawmakers trying to pass laws to make it easier to discriminate and harder mm -hmm. to be an LGBTQ ally. Most Americans believe religion is no excuse for discrimination against LGBTQ people. And I'm happy to hear that. That's right. And if you want specifics, we have specifics. Thank you. Yes, Jesus. 84% <laughs> of respondents said medical professionals should not be able to deny care to an LGBTQ plus person based on their religious beliefs. That makes me feel good about elections. Mm -hmm. Nearly three quarters opposed denying employment to LGBTQ people. And 71% opposed letting businesses refuse service. So listen here, Supreme Court, you know, supposed to be uh, go in favor of public opinion. Listen to these specifics and statistics. You know, I do believe in, you know, mourning the losses because there are many and celebrating the victories because there are few, like they said on Queer as Folk. But like, there's still 20 something percent or like that are, that want us fired or want to be able to refuse service. You know, but still we have the majority, 71% uh, opposed to letting businesses refuse service. 84% said that medical professionals, that's a high number. These are not slim majorities. These are super majorities of Americans and the advocate made a note that the opposition to discrimination ran across all genders, race, and ethnic identities, religions, and political affiliations. It was a big mixed bag. Yeah. Well, the vast majority of people support LGBTQ plus people. The violent outcry you are hearing that we often hear is from a tiny minority. They're so small that wants to bully you to stop loving your LGBTQ plus family member, friend, neighbor, or coworker. So do not listen to that 
a little tiny hateful voice listen and lead with love yeah if that voice is in close proximity of you and you feel like it's a loud voice or you feel like it's a majority voice remember they're not yeah you know most of the country is on your side so it's That's a good right. uplifting thing to think about and something to be grateful for wouldn't you say ozzy Absolutely. I'm going to give praise for that. <laughs> what did you say? You just want to throw a couple of hallelujahs out there? <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Get your show far. So, yeah, that brings us to our praise report and our prayer request section of the show. That's where this is the time for hallelujahs. If you got a praise report, what's great? Things are good. You're happy. You're healthy. Yay. Praise report. But when times are bad, that's what, you know, you could pray and for thanks or you could pray for needs. And if you're needy and if there's something that in your life that you're missing or you need help with, just let us know. And uh, we'll pray on the air for you and have our Yash Jesuits pray along with you and uh, we'll be there for you. So actually, this is one of those times one of our listeners needs us, Azzy, and all of you out there. We need you to pay attention and listen so you could pray along with us. Azzy, tell us about it. Yeah, this prayer request comes to us from Katie, and it's because of that tiny minority that is yeah. just being loud and hateful. So Katie says, hi, I'm from Georgia, and we have passed a terrible drag queen ban. Drag queens are important, and they should be free to be themselves. However, it's equally important to see LGBTQIA plus people who have disabilities, since it seems Seems like we tend to get left out of the conversation unless we speak on our own behalves or someone in the community sees us and how we are also being affected by these abhorrent bills and laws. Georgia's new anti-trans law also disparages autistic people like me. Behind Georgia's new attack on transgender minors is a dismissal of autistic people's ability to think for themselves. Wow. So Katie, we're going to lift this up in prayer. Katie, I just want to say thank you for giving us that perspective, because you're right. Uh, LGBTQ people with disabilities do often get left out of the conversation. And and you speaking on your own behalf and telling us allows us who are your allies and are your siblings to speak for you, too. And, 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 and say we need to shine a light on this because these laws are affecting autistic and other people with disabilities ability to think for themselves. For some people, their gender expression is one of the only things that they do have control over because a, lo a lot of mental and physical things do get clouded when the disabilities get involved. And, the, and gender expression is a way that they can really say who they are without saying who they are. And for people to take away that right, that's when those things get scary, I see. That's when they're like so unclear that they could affect other people. That's very true. That's very true. They're just trying to t use performers as a scapegoat to hide some yeah. of their other conversation. And it's so loud because what's more brassy and loud and shiny and, and, and pretty than a drag queen, <laughs> purple hair and blue shoes and whatever, whatever they want to do there. That's the whole point of it is to be, to express yourself to your limits. Yeah. And so that's a really shiny sign to point at, to distract people from the real stuff that's at hand here. And Katie, we're going to pray for your strength. We're going to pray to raise the voice of LGBTQ people with disability on every subject. But we're going to lift up gender expression and all of that, especially for you. But that's so discouraging to hear that they're frivolously using a group of people as a scapegoat that, and, and how serious it can affect other people's lives. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it, I don't want to get too deep into it because we have get a praise deep. report after this, but yeah, get it's, deep. you know, I know people compare it a lot to the Holocaust that gets thrown around a lot, but there are identical parallels happening here and they will yeah, use love is love is love is love and hate is hate is hate is hate. Yep. Yep. And they will use drag queens and other people as as you said scapegoats and trojan horses to introduce other things that are meant for other subgroups and minorities like people with disabilities if you think people with disabilities were not targeted during the holocaust you would be wrong and like what katie's pointing out here oh and before that they used to think they were witches or burned at the stake for having special abilities and things like that i mean all ignorance throughout time it's it's history and we need to do what katie's doing and stand up for it bring it bring awareness and i think i'm gonna add to my praise this week for katie's voice yes strengthen her voice give her the platform that she deserves to be able to speak out uh, against this and and share that perspective even more yes yeah yes, you, yes. you hit a chord you hit a chord katie we got you we're gonna pray for you and we have a praise report too Azzy. we have some hallelujahing to do all right let's get to it danny what is it so this is from isa hi i'm an avid listener to this podcast and truthfully it's one of the few things that has kept me going as a queer christian right now I'm a student at UT Austin and I'm studying religious studies and making my own major about queerness, the Bible and Christianity. That is snaps right there because we need more exploration in that. Uh, Issa goes on to say, I'm giving a talk about queer Bible stories with lots of help from your podcast. And I want to drop a story that I think would be so cool for y'all to talk about on your podcast. The article that I found about this gay Bible story is called rethinking the gay centurion by Zeichman. I hope to possibly hear this story on your podcast. Thank you truly again for all that you do. Well, um, we're going to have to do a little research on that as we got a little bit of a tithe and a homework to do for Isa. Yeah, I think we've touched a little bit about um, the gay centurion, just a little bit, but I don't know if we've dedicated we a whole episode about it. No, it was mentioned in uh, in one section. It was just like, gay, I think, queer moments of the Bible. But uh, here, okay. this story is called Rethinking It. So it's going to be a new perspective regardless. So I think Isa's asking for our perspective on this new perspective. Let's do it. Let's do it. And Let's that Bible is full wonder. gay theologian <laughs> geek level 10. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I am ready. I'm going to read this story. And hallelujah to you, Isa. Look forward to that coming up in the future on an episode of Yash Jesus. We will be right back after this with the scripture of the day. Get your reading list out, Yes Jesuits. The Yes Jesus Book Club has a new recommendation. Yes, we are absolutely recommending Butterfly Angels, Og and Lucy's Journey by Maggie Lords. It's an incredible story about the timeless battle between good and evil, but with a very contemporary and queer flair. Ooh, I love a good queer flair. Maggie wrote the book to address gun violence after a devastating mass shooting, but strengthened the queer themes after lively debate with the Catholic bishop, which you can hear about on our episode with him. In Butterfly Angels, a scrappy angel named Augustine wants to do more than heal the sick. 
He wants to take on prejudice and discrimination, even from within the church. That's right. An angel is fighting for you. If you want to read about a drag queen takeover of worship, which I know I do, then this book is going to entertain and inspire you. So please check out Butterfly Angels, Og and Lucy's Journey on Amazon or Amazon Kindle now. This is Lemon from Canada's Drag Race Season 1 and from RuPaul's Drag Race UK versus the World Season 1. And you're listening to Yas Jesus. It's time for the scripture of the day. Scripture of the day. Scripture of the day. It's soul food. <laughs> I don't know why that song is that. Honestly, like you, you make music and you got to get into my musical. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we can harmonize on the scripture of the day anyway, please. We got to find make, it though. We got to. Oh, you got to. Honestly, what I like about it that it's so chaotic is we're just making a joyful noise. We don't even care. That part. So, that part. That part. So yes. get to the, let's yeah. get to the scripture of the day before. <laughs> All right. I never work in a musical again. <laughs> Psalm 45, verse 2. You are the most handsome of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. Honestly, can I get a decal of that on my bathroom mirror? <laughs> <laughs> Just a scripture on my bathroom mirror every morning. <gasps> Um, uh, wow so what is azzy i have to ask you what is too sexy for the church i mean anything anyone everything can be too sexy for the church i mean church is well i mean well can can anything though can anything i think anything because churches usually they go out of their way to desexualize themselves the robes the covering up of bodies like you can't wear that shirt your titties are out we're going to church. <laughs> Put a sweater on. But we all know that God made those bodies and we should be mm-hmm. showing them off. And, you know, appropriately, probably. But look, church can be <laughs> sexy and maybe sometimes it should be sexy. You know the song, I'm Too Sexy? Oh, yeah, of course. I have nothing <laughs> but respect for Right Said Fred. Let me say something. I used to, I don't know why. This is one of those things in the queer lexicon where it's like, why are you why are you gay <laughs> yes why are you gay like how did i no, not know that i was gay i was dancing to rupaul supermodel no joke mm-hmm. and to right said fred like mm-hmm. and knowing all the words and like modeling in the mirror mm-hmm. and like f- doing flips over my my bunk my little bunk bed mm-hmm. <laughs> like and i thought it was the coolest song when i was a kid it hit me i was like oh, yeah too sexy for milan and i'm like oh they say an italian city <laughs> yeah you know i was like dang i was like into it and then so of course i know right said fred it's like asking me if i know mm-hmm. rupaul yeah, right, right. Yeah. Well, that song says I'm too sexy, but it's really him, you know, just showing off. So this show is all about those things that you think shouldn't be sexy in church, but often are. Oh, I've heard about people fantasizing about like some of the murals. Look, we're going to share a few things, but we want <laughs> we want to ask you right you, now, our you listeners. With David and Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. To, I mean, well, that was later. That was later. But if I knew then, forget it. 
So uh, we want to ask you, our Yash Jesuit listeners, what do you find sexy in church? Uh, drop us a message at pray at yashjesuspod.com or on social media at yashjesuspod. We already got a few responses that helped us shape this episode. Okay. So one of our listeners, Eric, said, oh, I had many crushes on church guys. One guy was a competitive swimmer that played the pharaoh in a church skit. Shirtless with the big round ornamented collar costume. I never admitted any crushes to anybody, nor pursued them, and I'm sure the pastor and my youth group person are both straight, so whatever. Mm -hmm. But they certainly Mm -hmm. were beautiful, and yay God, (laughs) for beautiful Mm -hmm. men in general, and definitely for beautiful men in church. Yeah, I feel that story... Oh my god! There was a guy in my youth group that I thought was hot, definitely, and I (laughs) I do remember on on a youth retreat, him mm-hmm. sleeping in the bunk above me and Ugh. the heat that that felt like uh-huh like the that was hell heat. danny that was hell yes as he like i would look at the the boards of the of the bed above me and just be uh-huh. like and it would be like aerials like just mere Aww. inches separating yes <laughs> like i was aerialing under there oh that I can because you know so what hard. it is about the christian youth group boys too is they're so nice like they're so <laughs> sweet and they're opening doors for people and they're cute with the kids and yeah yeah yep 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 anyway all i that, feel that all eric. of it I, as soon as <laughs> totally i feel as, that as soon as eric said he played pharaoh i was like oh i wonder if it was shirtless and then he says shirtless i was like oh we're thank pigs God. <laughs> we're pigs i mean <laughs> well I think the easiest thing at church that could become too sexy is the pastor. Oh, straight up confession time. Have you ever had the hots for a pastor, a minister, any faith leader, like, like the, the boss man, like we were talking about like youth group, you know, kind of like, like, but I'm talking like one of the main, I think it's more the band for me. I've always thought the band oh, was yeah. hot. I'm always Absolutely. like that guitarist. Of, I'm like, yep. I'm like, he's probably like, you know, <laughs> sinful. He just wants to like play the guitar. I see him doing hair. Pro- yeah, during practice, he played like a riff from Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> yeah, I can think of the drummer from the youth group band. That's the first person that comes to my mind as someone who I thought was hot. I grew up with mostly women pastors, so, you know, it wasn't really. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, For you. Yeah, but the youth group drummer was it for me oh, <laughs> cream of the crop honey as much as i roll my eyes at the mega pastors of today they're they have kind of like a fuckboy swagger you know what i'm saying like some of them yeah yeah you know they have were like the hill song yeah like all of that the scarves <laughs> and the tats right. and the god they are, they are kind of woofy yeah but kind of in a tacky way at the same time but i'll i know but be. like i'll let that be uh, <laughs> It's like, you know, Cheeto. It's not good for you, but they're Cheetos. <laughs> right, exactly. That part. <laughs> well, we got a note from one of our listeners. This is sort of like a confession, so we'll keep them anonymous. But... Oh, I love anonymous. <laughs> I've heard some of the best tea from anonymous. They're my best friends. <laughs> An anonymous. Yes. They admitted that they have the hots for their pastor. Here's what our anonymous lusty parishioner has to say. Oh, my God. A current crush? Mm-hmm. Here's my confession. Kneeling before Pastor Paul to take communion, 
looking into his kind but strong eyes as he feeds me the body of Christ makes me instantly hard. Ooh. Anonymous. Oh. <laughs> the tea. anonymous. This is not church. This is fellowship hour. Okay, right? Uh, kind, okay. strong, mm-hmm. committed yes. to yes, social justice, and yes. hot. Yes, Jesus. Pastor Paul is my personal Jesus, and I ain't mad about it. That's Ooh. from anonymous. <laughs> and anonymous, I love you, Anna. <laughs> We do. Like, we love the authenticity. That was a juicy one. I'm sorry, people, if you're first listening to us and you don't get us, like, this is it. Like, <laughs> we are the same people that we are Monday through Saturday yeah. that we are on Sunday. So sorry. Yep, 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 yep. Um, we, you know, we're not going to get too... <laughs> it's not too out of control, but, ooh, I felt the heat on that one. Yeah. This is like hot ones. Like, we're just eating mm-hmm. one chicken wing and another chicken wing, <laughs> and I can't take it. If you're not here for Jesus and cheese, man, get out. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm Ooh. teasing. I'm teasing. I'm getting all uh, hot and bothered. Well, there is something about the pastor outfit, too. One of our listeners simply said, collared shirts. Oh, and I assume you mean that little queen. white tab or like the all around mm-hmm, white yeah. collar. See, I was yeah. always with like the, the, you know, rock and roll pastors. So yep, that same. <laughs> look is hot to me because I don't have that. I don't have any kind of like church reverence attached to those looks. Right. So right. when I see it, I'm like, Ooh, a holy boy. Hey, like it doesn't have the same. Like <laughs> I know what that stands for. You open doors. You're kind of compassionate, but have strong eyes. <laughs> I mean, I love a Mormon white shirt with a little name tag on a bicycle. I'm okay, like that Mormon underwear though. That's it. Well, whatever. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, okay. turn on for sure. <laughs> anyway, a few listeners sent comments about parts of worship, including the processional and recessional. So here's what they had to say about this. Processionals and recessionals, movement, drama, props. There's something sexual about entering the presence of God and departing into the world. Holy communion is the climax and release, of course. That's a oh, cool I perspective. I yeah, like I see that. that. Uh, speaking of communion, another listener, Andy, sent us this comment about communion. <clears throat> I wouldn't call it sexy, but communion is quite intimate depending on your point of view. It's a marriage of physical and spiritual union. It's a foretaste of the wedding feast. Christ the groom, we the bride. It's a weekly dinner date with a little wine. Ooh, Ooh. that's cute. I like that. You know, there is so much that has to do with love, sex, and intimacy that is synonymous with religious culture. Like we've talked Absolutely. about this before, like how even in uh, when we, in our episode about kink and spirituality, we discussed how um, that we did it leather pride. We discussed how words like sanctuary and release and praise and mm-hmm. worship and all of that are they're mm-hmm. they go, they're synonymous with both kink service. and spirituality so it's a yeah. service there's there's it, it goes on and on kneeling mm-hmm. yeah i know so, that one <laughs> <laughs> holy no okay um so, <laughs> but glory <I> think, holy <laughs> <laughs> glory in general i mean really yes. though yeah, yeah. why are all those things like that like and i think yeah. it's it's because the extreme love and worship and and sexuality, there is a very, there is a moment there about something. I could see Mm -hmm. how a communion could be intimate. Yeah. And for those who are listening and maybe having a hard time 
tying this together and feeling comfortable about it, just remember that sexuality is part of who we are as humans and God's creatures, that there's nothing unholy, unsacred about it. And to find the connections in our spirituality is also holy work. So I hope that maybe just allowing yourself to explore this and wander with us will help you to maybe feel a little bit more at home in yourself and with your sexuality because it's okay. It's okay to talk about this and it's okay to tie it together and to see the parallels and the intersections of it all um, because this too is good and this too is God. You don't have to yuck anyone's yum either. And I think that it's like, it may not be for you, but like listening in sometimes something that really expanded my mind on the topic was remembering that God made these feelings. God made our body work this way. God made our brains want these things. And I think that pursuing that is honoring the masterpiece that is God's uh, creation of the human being. I think about my parents used to buy me electronics for Christmas that I would beg for. Like I wanted a portable television when I had heard that that existed. I wanted that. Yeah. Like, and then, (laughs) and then I I also wanted a video camera. I mean, I was theatrical. Uh I was like, I could tape all my friends, everything. But when they gave it to me, they made me so scared that I was going to break it or was going to get stolen that they were like, now don't take this to school and don't mm-hmm. bring it to the pool or leave it by the park or mm-hmm. take it. And that pr- I couldn't, mm-hmm. I never opened the television. Mm. I had it. I got a television. I never used it. And I mm. moved to New York and I got a video camera and I was too afraid to take it on the subway and into the city. Cause they made me scared to do that kind of a thing. Mm. And I think mm-hmm. us not exploring our, bodies and our feelings are much like that example where it's like God created this beautiful instrument and being and us not using all of the buttons and the gizmos and the gadgets and using it to its full capacity Mm -hmm. doesn't honor the things that he made it be able to do. Amen. So if anything, maybe that might help you just a little bit, because that's something that made me, because I thought that blasphemy or anything that was even remotely blasphemous used to like hurt me deeply in my heart. Like I would feel Mm -hmm. like such a pain for Jesus or such a pain for God when people would, would put it down until I realized Mm -hmm. God has a sense of humor, which we also did an episode about, but God, but, but God sense of humor is the same thing as this sense of sexuality. Yes. Like there is a yas sexuality here yes. because yes. it's because we are touching upon something that um, as Christians, we were told or at mo- most religions were told not to bring up in this space. Mm-hmm. And as queer people, we're completely sexualized in every other way, but then completely excluded from the religious conversation. Usually, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, much like mm-hmm. Katie was saying that, you know, in the, as we get more idiosyncratic and deeper into the community that LGBTQ people don't have an expression within uh, of with disabilities, don't have as much of a visibility within the community. The community at large doesn't have much of an expression within humanity. Yeah. So we, we have to see like all of those levels. So it's kind of like, this is the time to talk about it. This is the time to wonder about it and listen about it. Yep. Yeah. And to not allow yourself to be comfortable in your sexuality and explore it and do it without shame is to do a disservice. Um, you know, even God, you know, in the Christian faith, we believe that God became man and fully human. And to be fully human is to also be a sexual being as much as it is to be a hungry person or, you know, all the things that being human 
what makes you human human. And so God too was also sexual and that is good. But that's, a, I, I liked, I really liked your example, Danny. That was good. Well, here's another thing that I think can get a little too sexy. Sexy crucifixes. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. We went to. They we always to, make him, God look so jacked. They make Jesus look so jacked, you know, like yeah, on like yeah, even yeah, God, yeah. like guards, like muscly arm at the Sistine Chapel. Like they're all, they make them like, look, cause they're supposed to be superhuman beings, you know, like, so in art, they're always like, you know, Jesus always portrayed like, uh, like a, like a Jim Thotty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I came across that we went to a Tom of Finland event recently and there, there were uh, an artist there uh, was selling harnesses and on the harness was a crucifix, um, uh, like a silver metal crucifix in the middle of the harness. And I was like, oh, that's great. I love that. <laughs> Perfect for religious trade. Well, speaking of sexy crucifixes, here's what Erica had to say. Erica says, I'll surely go to hell for this, but in most okay, churches. Hey, stop, stop right there. I love <laughs> Honestly, I love anything that starts with Erica says, I'll surely go to hell for this. But in most churches, the crucified Jesus is pretty damn hot. And don't tell me that him being up there, arms open, invariably in great shape. When did you ever see a dumpy Jesus or one with a really bad nose and mostly (laughs) naked was an icon chosen for holy theological reasons. As a friend of mine once noted, if you really wanted to convey Christ's miracle, the Christian icon would have been an empty tomb. Yes. I mean, I'm thinking of him as alive whenever this thought does come up. Even I draw a line at necrophilia. Then again, for the last 2,000 years or so, bearing a rough 72 hours, he hasn't been dead. So I don't feel quite so badly about it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The statues of Jesus on the cross made out of wood or something. Jesus (laughs) almost literally has always chiseled abs. Yeah. Why is Jesus so hunky? The crucifix shows Jesus at his literal point of death. After he's gone through arrest and torture, he can't be that ripped and good looking. Hmm. I, you know, maybe he's just hung on the cross. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I think it is truly, really, is that a lot of the gay people went into being like priests and monks and, you know, and if, I mean, you got, and, and I think that they created a lot of the iconography. And then in addition to that, if you're going to have all these nuns marry him, at least he should be a hot guy. <laughs> <laughs> Give them something. <laughs> outside of the crucifix there's all this other hunky jesus art like i don't know if your church has it or not but we do love some sexy jesus art yes there is that painting of jesus knock knock knocking on the door won't you open up and let me in or those paintings of jesus hanging out with all the kids it lets you know that jesus would make a good dad (laughs) yeah What about paintings of Jesus coming behind someone to give them a bear hug from behind? That shouldn't be sexy, but who wouldn't want a big bear hug from behind, especially from Jesus, especially when you're feeling lonely? I know. And we know because of footprints in the sand, he loves long walks on the beach. It's, it's definitely <laughs> romantic. Me. All right. Here's another suggestion from a listener named Ben. The blonde Jesus mural at the National Basilica is pretty hot. <laughs> Now, I got to go to D.C., so I want to see that blonde Jesus at the National Basilica. So Take yes. us a picture for the Yash Jesus uh, okay. Instagram. Bet. So what else can get too sexy for church? 
Well, I know you mentioned it earlier, but the worship music team, can we like get like get deeper into that? Yes, the musicians up front have that rock star sensibility. They might have even given up the club, but a bass player, oh, a bass player is a bass player. My God, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I they're had, always okay, the wackiest. Honestly, have if you've ever had the privilege of being friends with someone with a bass voice and they speak to you in that bass voice, my God. God, it's like my pelvic floor just shivers with. I don't know. They're always okay. Just... Too much. <laughs> no, no, no. Let it all out. Let's see. Um, it's just that they're. <laughs> I keep thinking about these hot musicians, and they always have like a hot girlfriend. And you're just like, oh man, like they're Christian. Are they having sex before marriage? Or are they banging? Like, you know what I mean? You're just like, dang. Or, or they have like ten kids, and you're like, wow. Like, okay. Like, you know, their mm-hmm. sex life's great. Like, it makes you wonder. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they are, like, wearing cool clothes and things like that. I mean, it's just like, especially for someone who's in the church life, church is sometimes your social group. So you're dressing for them. You're doing things for them. You know, mm-hmm. some of it's got to be on purpose. Yeah. I wonder, there should be, like, a survey. You know, what's the sexiest uh, instrument on the worship band? And oh, like, there let has us know. To, the, yeah, shows <laughs> or who's the, yeah, the, the, and there has to be a way to measure like, like who has the most kids, who has the most sex, who has the most swagger. Like, I don't know. There has to be. There's a way to measure this, and we're gonna find yeah, out. Yeah, it's called Facebook. <laughs> well, even if your church has a choir rather than a praise team, there are probably a few sexy members. They might get be robed up, but you know that they got a cute face and clearly they have a nice voice yeah just imagine that choir member singing you softly to sleep i'm too sexy for the church too sexy (laughs) for the church (laughs) another one of our listeners was also thinking that the choir was sexy here's what richie said choir in robes and imagine them naked underneath I mean, I do sometimes wonder what's going on under some of them robes. Another one of our (laughs) listeners, Ralph, got very specific with music that he finds sexy in church. Listen to this. Liturgy is one big experience of divine eros and desire intertwined. Best captured by movements three and six in Box Cantana 140, unbridled eros and divine desire in soprano bass aria. To me, it's sexy. Mm, yes, we have a few listeners who find very specific music sexy. I like that, especially around Christmas. Listen to what another listener said. A really good vocalist during a holiday service is sexy to them. Oh, that makes sense to me. I'm all in my feels, if, especially if I'm single during the holidays. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, this one from Kevin gets super specific. A soloist singing Oh Holy Night or Oh Come Emmanuel in bass 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 deep bass and preferably bearded let me see how low i I can go in mind (laughs) (laughs) oh holy die oh my pelvic floor stop i can't handle it (laughs) you're gonna shatter her be nice Um, that's not bass anymore no 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 no. my (laughs) knees And here the angels sing. I did have a friend when I lived in Nashville. Um, we're still friends. Uh, who sings bass? 
in the choir at church and my God. And he like sings bass on a lot of Southern gospel albums and country artists and whatnot. Mm-hmm. My God, his voice is just like it, it, it gets your pelvic floor vibrating. Um, bless. I think all but, deep basses do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Your head might Absolutely. explode for a bassist with the, that sings bass. <laughs> it would probably, probably. You'd want to go to first base. <laughs> well, <laughs> of course, as we mentioned, you could find other members of the church sexy, or you could just find your partner sexy in church. I think that's cute. A few of our comments were about relationships in the context of church. Here's what one listener, Noel, said about relationships and about church. Vulnerability. Hopefully the church is a place where we allow ourselves to be vulnerable to God and to others. Nothing breeds intimacy better than vulnerability. Mm, That's beautiful. Oh, I find that to be such a beautiful sentiment. I mean, my eyes are always wet in church. I have to be honest with you. Like today I almost cried like four times, (laughs) like at church. I was like just feeling emotional whenever I'm there because it's a call Mm -hmm. to that. You know, it's a call to like a release. Um, and I think that I could see me letting my guard down and, you know, and being around another person who let their guard down and being able to connect on that level that that definitely can be sexy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love this comment from Katie watching my agnostic partner be helpful and welcoming when he's there. Ooh, yeah. Heart emoji. Dang, it's hot. That's a, a supportive partner. We love that. And this comment came in from a clergy spouse. My husband in a cassock on Good Friday. I need to Google what a cassock <laughs> is. My God. <laughs> Sounds hot. <laughs> Listeners, before we wrap up this episode, I have a little treat to share with you. I have a new song from a hot, dare I say, sexy artist. Mm, my eyes are rolling so hard already because I already know it's coming. It's me. I'm the sexy, hot new artist that's sharding the charts. And since we've been working on this episode, <laughs> I've been inspired to write a little song, a little parody, if you will, something that can be the hottest dance track at your church camp this summer. The top chart on the billboard charting <laughs> charts. So please enjoy my rendition of I'm Too Sexy for This Church. Azariah, this is Mildred. We missed you at church today. I'm too sexy for this pew. Too sexy for this pew. So are you. So are you. So are you. I'm too sexy for this choir, too sexy for this choir of election deniers. I'm too sexy for this potluck, too sexy for this potluck. Bless your hearts. You know, the pastor was preaching out of Romans 1 today, and I thought of you. I'm a homo. You know what that means. I don't love how you
I'm too sexy for Baptists, too sexy for Baptists, Lutherans, and Catholics. I'm a homo, you know what I mean. I don't love how you think I oughta. You're a homo? Yes. A homo. See, I don't love how you think I oughta. Mildred, it's not about who you love, it's about how you love. I'm just concerned for your soul. Queer. You know what that means. I don't love how you think I oughta. You're a queer now? Yes. A queer. See, I don't love how you think I oughta. Azariah, this is Mildred from Victory Barn Cornerstone Healing Center International Church of God and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I have a prayer request that Sandra shared with me that I want to share with you. Goodbye, Mildred. I have no doubt that when people think of things that are too sexy for church, that song is going to be one of them. Oh, for sure. I think it should be banned in every church. Listen, uh, we also want to spread the love to other queer Christian music and chartists, not just Azariah. So if you're a queer Christian musician and you want us to play one of your songs, send us an email to contact at yashjesuspod.com with a link to where we can find MP3 files of the songs that you'd like us to consider. And if you're Azariah uh-huh. and want to submit another song, please, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet it to Elon Musk. All right. Yes, Jess, it's your tithe, love offering, charity, active good this week. This is a tricky one. While it's perfectly fine to think that there are parts of church that are sexy, telling someone else they're sexy because of their clothes or actions in church veers into sexual harassment real easily. So mm. maybe the best act of good is to be a part of the sexiness. Join the worship team, lead portions of the worship, do it with authenticity and vulnerability, just like one of our listeners said, and show people that you are faithful, authentic, and the sexiness will just exude through you. You won't be too sexy. You'll be just the right amount of sexy. I'll Goldilocks you up. Now, you may have followers, but if your followers are not actively engaging with each other, learning from each other and vibing regularly, you don't have a community. So please reach out to us. We just want to know who you are and feel your presence. Now, listen, y'all, we're about to get into the closing prayer. But before we do that, we have more drag queen prayers. That's right. It's time for prayers from a queen. Yash Jesus was at RuPaul's Drag Con in London. And while we were there, I got some holy prayers from some divine queens. And today we're going to open up our prayer segment with a prayer offering from Canada's sweetest sourpuss, Lemon. I pray and my prayer for the queer community is that we all start to motherfucking believe in ourselves because I am not going to sit around here and let any queer person, any one of you bitches, Look down at yourselves. Talk badly about the way you look, the way you act, the way you feel. Girl, we are being cringe core 2023, bitch. Do your thing and don't give a motherfucking fuck what people think about it. Thank you. Love. Amen. Ah! Lemon. If life gives you lemons, then you just hang out with lemon. That's right. Because <laughs> that's the deal. She'll make you feel good about yourself. You're not looking down on you. We're not letting that happen. 
So we're going to talk about God. Our prayer is for us to feel sexy, for us to feel wanted, for us to feel valued and for us to feel appreciated and for us to appreciate and value ourselves. God, we have so much gratitude and we thank you that church could be so many things for us, including sexy. Remind us that we're just the way that you made us just sexy enough for the church, for partners and for community. Help us appreciate others appropriately and recognize the love and humanity in everyone. And we pray with Katie and all the residents of Georgia who are struggling under anti-LGBTQ laws. As Katie said, these laws are not just about drag queens or even LGBTQ people. These laws are also harming people with disabilities. Help the people overcome these harmful laws and soften the hearts of the lawmakers who are pushing them. And for those hearts that cannot be softened who are making these laws, get them out. We also give thanks with Isa, who is doing their own Bible wondering. We love that. Give them curiosity, imagination, and determination as they learn what the Bible really says. We thank you for this time together and for all of these things. Amen and amen. Amen. Oh, thank you, Azzy. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. Same, girl. Yes, and thank you, listeners. We want to thank you, too, for another episode of Yash Jesus, for you being here with us. You can follow us on our social media at Yash Jesus Pod or on our website at YashJesusPod.com. If you're having a good time, if you're enjoying this, you can make a donation through the Buy Us a Coffee button. It's right there on our webpage. It's really easy for you to support us. You're not actually buying us a coffee, but you're giving us a really great way to help us support the show. Now, look, if you don't have any money, that's fine. Just leave us a review. Share us with a friend. Spread the word of Yash Jesus to others who might need to hear it. That's right. You can now leave an audio prayer request or praise report on our website, yasjesuspod.com. We would love to share your voice and your prayers on the show. Show. So drop us a line or send us a recording on yesjesuspod.com. Yeah, send us your praise reports, your prayer requests, episode ideas, like we got a great one today, guest ideas, or even just my pelvic floor quivers <laughs> at your classic. We would love to hear from you. Yes, Jesus is hosted by me, Danny Francesi. And the not too sexy Azariah Southworth. I mean, okay. Azzy, me and Lemon won't let you say that about yourself. The not too sexy for church, Azariah Southworth. Okay, fair. Music, sound, editing, and all things audio are done by Chris Heckman. Our show is produced by the freaking Deacon Ross Murray and Lady Boss Meredith Polly. We are streaming and screaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, God loves you and your sexy self just as you are. So keep praising the Lord, y'all.